you define success? You know, I, I really looked up to one of my mentors, Tony Robbins, mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to the definition of success. And he says that um, success is being able to do what I want to do, when I want to do it, with whomever I want to do it. That's good. You know, that's really how I look at success as well. But, you know, I was, as I said earlier, I was doing a bit of um, writing. I was writing some emails today. And I came across this quote recently in one of the books that I'm reading. And it says, the greatest gift that you can give others is the example of your own life working. So I'm going to say that one more time. The greatest gift that you can give others is the example of your own life working. And to mm-hmm. me, that's success already. Because if you, if you are in a position where you can inspire and motivate other people to really take control of their lives and for them to be able to create and manifest exactly what they want in their own life, then you've given them the greatest gift of all. Welcome to another episode of the School of Purpose podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping emerging purpose-driven leaders and entrepreneurs who are seeking motivation, inspiration, and principles for success for their life, their business, and their career. Now let the class begin. Well, it's that time again for the School of Purpose podcast. This is Marquise Brayton, a.k.a. your purpose professor and the founder and master coach of the School of Purpose. And I am excited to be sharing with you once again this week another great episode. Today's episode, I am interviewing a young man by the name of Alex Echols. And this time, I didn't necessarily have a relationship with him, but I have been following him via Instagram for the past couple of months. And I thought, why don't I reach out to him and get him to share with us on the School of Purpose podcast? Alex is an author as well as an entrepreneur who really is about living life to its fullest. And so we are going to go into this episode and learn a little bit more about Alex and hear what he has to say on how do we really truly live full? How do we really truly live the life that we desire to live and live it completely? So let's go into today's episode. Take notes, take thought, and really pay attention to what Alex is sharing with us about living full and living completely. Alex Eccles, thank you for joining me today for the School of Purpose podcast. You know, this is an exciting opportunity for me because, you know, you are probably the first person that I've reached out on Instagram just to ask for interview and you said yes. So thank you for joining me on the School of Purpose podcast. I appreciate you doing that. And I, you know, let's just start out by you telling the listening audience who you are, how you show up in the world and anything that you feel like you would want to share. For sure. Marquis, thank you so much for having me on as well. And I look forward to just sharing as much as I possibly can with the audience today. Um, if I were to talk about a bit about my story, you know, I'm originally from the South side of Chicago where, you know, when I was growing up, there was three different, I guess, things that a lot of individuals, especially young men wanted to grow up to be like, they wanted to be rappers, hustlers, or athletes. And unfortunately, I was not a good ball player, nor was I a good rapper. So I really needed to figure out at a much younger age what was going to be something that kept my attention and also something that I can find that would lead me from 
being on the south side of Chicago to where I wanted to be in my life. And um, I was actually writing about it today. In my class, I had a junior achievement course when I was like in third and fourth grade. And this was a course or a program that taught young children, especially with the inner city, how to understand different techniques of entrepreneurship and different methods of entrepreneurship, uh, financial literacy, and a few other sort of things that are involved with that. And one of the big questions that I remember it asking me when I was a bit younger was, if I could pick one person to be like when I grew up, who would it be? And for me, it was Walt Disney. And it was Walt Disney because he was such an individual that, you know, he not only created properties and movies that brought so much sort of value and happiness to so many people throughout the world, but he was also to create such an amazing culture within his company. Mm. And in addition to that, he was also able to go on and create attractions and in and, and physical places where people could go to completely just, you know, lose themselves in it and really enjoy it as much as possible. And that's something as a young boy that I really dreamed of, of doing and becoming for myself as well. I wanted to create things that were going to bring so much value to other people, however that was going to play out. But back then I took it quite literal and I actually wanted to create my own sort of um, attractions park. I wanted to create movies. I wanted to get in Hollywood and I wanted to follow that really um, specific and deliberate path. But, you know, um, probably about four years ago, I realized that Hollywood was not all that I wanted to do anymore. And I figured out that, you know, it was much more about me being connected to my target audience directly instead of having some sort of middleman in between. So I left the corporate America and from there just went on on my own and started my own journey, figuring out, you know, how can I serve other people even more? And I'm sure we'll get into a lot more of this throughout our conversation today, but I just wanted to share, you know, currently how I'm showing up in the world. You know, I'm a best-selling author. Um, we went four times bestseller last year in one of our books. Um, mostly in entrepreneurship, of course. Uh, I'm also a speaker. I spoke a lot more when I was growing up on the South Side and kind of getting out of that and that motivation and inspiration of other people trying to do the same thing. And how I also show up in the world today, I create programs and products for individuals who want to come into more alignment uh, and also more flow for themselves so they, they can create more profitable businesses to serve more people in the world. That is awesome, Alex. You know, it's a different way you know it's a different way in living life and many of us really struggle sometimes to find those passionate areas that we want to engage in and be able to really find a way to produce a lifestyle income and provision for ourselves in doing that and one of the staple questions that I ask everyone who I interview on the School of Purpose podcast is this one question, and, and that is, how do you define purpose and success? Hmm. Well, you know, defining purpose is, a, I think, a pretty, is it quite tricky and it's quite difficult at times because, you know, I think a lot of people when we're much younger, we think that purpose is something that's just innate and we just have it within us. But I tend to look at it a bit different. We can, we can have it in us, but we need to find and search for it. Right. And, uh, you know, if we look at the Renaissance period of sculptors back then, um, like Michelangelo, for instance, there was two different methods for how a person would create a masterpiece out of marble. They would either do the additive method or the, or the reductive method. So the additive method, you start with a very small piece of clay or marble, and then you add on top of that to create the masterpiece. And that's the same thing that a lot of individuals can do in life as well. We can go through life by starting with, you know, at starting at point A and then going through step by step, finding out different things that we like in order for us to figure out the things that we don't like as well. 
But in addition to that, on the other side, you have the reductive method where you start with like a larger block of marble or a larger block of clay, and then you take your little chiseling tools and you just chip away step by step until you get to that masterpiece, until you get to that quote unquote purpose. Mm. And I think that that's one of the best ways that people can look at finding your purpose, finding something that you actually love in life is by doing stuff to begin with. And, you know, I think a lot of people, we actually look at purpose in a way that it's just going to come to us. And that's not, that's not reality. That's not truth. Right. It comes in doing. The purpose comes in doing. You know, every single day I'm more and more aligned and in flow with what I do because I just continuously continue to do stuff every single day. So everybody who's listening right there and right now as well is looking at it from, I suggest you guys look at it from additive and reductive method on how you're going to find your purpose. Now, I do need you to ask me what was the second part. So the second part was success. And let me kind of reiterate what you said. Purpose is about doing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we sit back and we wait on purpose to come. But the only way that you truly really find yourself in alignment with purpose or in relationship with what your purpose is, is only by doing. It's the active work of doing something so that you know what your purpose is, so that you know exactly what it is that you are truly gifted and created and innately have to be able to offer the world. So that's great. The second part of it is how do you define success? And I ask that question a lot because I remember listening to an audio by Earl Nightingale, mm. who's a, a late speaker who since passed, but someone who's a thought leader in his time. And he said, success is the progressive realization of a worthy idea. Mm. That's pretty strong. I like that a lot. Yeah. And when we think about when I thought about that, I was like, wow, we really have success messed up to some degree when Mm. we think about our culture. Because he said it's just the progressive realization of a worthy idea. And Mm. who deems the idea worthy? Yeah, I think that's the biggest question of all. I do. Yeah. You know, and so how do you define success? You know, I, I really look up to one of my mentors, Tony Robbins. Uh, when it comes to the definition of success. And he says that um, success is being able to do what I want to do, when I want to do it, with whomever I want to do it. That's good. Uh, that's really how I look at success as well. But, you know, I was, as I said earlier, I was doing a bit of um, writing. I was writing some emails today. And I came across this quote recently in one of the books that I'm reading. And it says, the greatest gift that you can give others is the example of your own life working. So I'm going to say that one more time. The greatest gift that you can give others is the example of your own life working. And to mm-hmm. me, that's success already. Because if you, if you are in a position where you can inspire and motivate other people to really take control of their lives and for them to be able to create and manifest exactly what they want in their own life, then you've given them the greatest gift of all. And that means that you're also successful because you're giving yourself that greatest gift as well. So, you know, there's different ways of how we can look at success. I look at it as many parts. You know, success is me being able to sit in Miami right now, not being trapped and, um, and, and locked down by the location when it comes to me growing the beautiful business that I love. Um, success is me being able to, in a few weeks, go to Costa Rica and go build homes for underprivileged Costa Rican families. That's just what success means to me. But in many ways, success only comes and only matters to me if I'm giving back. So I'm paying mm-hmm. for some sort of way as well. That's good. Your own life working, giving the, that gift, the fact that your life is working in a way that you've deemed successful 
I can now give that gift to somebody else and say, hey, this is what worked for me. Now, it may not work for you that exact same way, but it gives you the ability to see that, hey, I decided on something that I truly wanted and it worked for me. And so let me share my story. Let me share my message. Let me share my example to let you know or to encourage you that, hey, if you decide on something that you want to do, it can work for you the same way. But then you have to turn around and give that gift. Completely. Yeah. And, you know, just to add just a bit, another point to that, you know, Tony's son, Jarek, who's a good friend of mine, he actually said that, you know, he, he, he's quite tired of hearing the five sort of secrets to this or my three secrets or my three steps to this, because, you know, even if I were to deliver these three steps or these five secrets to you, right. if you were to be able to utilize them in the same way that I did it and you went through the same sort of experiences and circumstances as me, your results are always going to be a little bit different. You know, maybe quote unquote both successful, but still things are going to be a little different as the actual result. So I agree with that and what you were saying completely. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, one of the things that we have a tendency to do a lot of times is talk about our successes only. And I love this next question because what it does, it gives people insight of the normalcy of successful people mm. because we all have things that we have to go through in order to sometimes reap the success that we experience or to benefit from the success that we experience. And that is, what has been your biggest obstacle as you've set out to pursue this purpose and passion that you have? And really what I believe is bet on yourself and create the life that you truly love and want it. Well, that's a great question. And it's a really interesting one as well, because I don't know if I just have one. You know, I've failed many times over and over. And I think the biggest key for me here is for me to continue to give myself permission to, you know, have obstacles, for me to continue to uh, mess up, for me to continue to, to, you know, not always know the answer, not always have the tools, the keys to get to where I want to be, but for me to be in the position to actually learn them as well. You know, but if I were to look at some, like, really big obstacles in my past, you know, I could have said that me being born on the south side of Chicago, was a massive obstacle for me. You know, me being a young black guy um, and being dyslexic when I was a kid, that could have been a huge obstacle if I would have allowed it to be, but I chose not to allow it. And I think that's another big thing as well, is the choice. Are we going to allow ourselves to see obstacles as, as something that we cannot get over or is it something that we can get around? Um, right. You know, another obstacle is me when I do travels. I could always say I don't have the money. I don't have the time. I don't have the time to go and and help you know build homes for Costa Rican families in a few weeks because I need to focus on my business that much more. But is that an obstacle or is that just a choice once again? You know what I mean? Wow. So I, I don't know if I necessarily can see many obstacles in my life because when it comes down to it, it's either I choose to do it to get to the next step or I choose not to do it to either get to another step. Mm -hmm. And it's what we allow. I like what you, you said that that obstacle and its ability to, to hinder you or to catapult you exactly. is based on the decision or the response that you have to the obstacle at the end yeah. of the day. And it's not easy. You know, every single day I struggle still with which choice, which decision do I make that it either, as you said, hinder me or propel me. Wow. wow. Constant decision. Yeah. And that's good, you know. And so now I want to kind of talk about the book that you wrote because I found it, the title very interesting. And it's really related to 
what the next question would have been. And that is, you know, where do I start if I know I'm not in proper alignment with my purpose? Where do I start if I know that I'm not really doing what I know that I have passion for and that I truly want to do and, and truly have the life that I want to live? And tell us the, the title of your book. For sure. Well, the, the name of the book is The Two-Week Notice. Mm. I think just to get straight into your question of what do you do when you don't feel like you're necessarily following your passion? Well, I think it's important to first go back to step one of what I was saying earlier, which is the additive reductive method. The more you know that what you do like helps you lessen and diminish the stuff that you don't like. And then mm-hmm. the more you figure out the stuff that you don't like, it's much closer to you figuring out the stuff that you do like. So I think that's really important to start there. Figure out what you like. And then from there, you know, I think it's really important for people to come to an alignment. And it doesn't have to do with religion, doesn't have to do with spirituality, doesn't have to do anything with you, but yourself. Come into an alignment. That's you sitting still, you meditating, you being quiet, you praying, you doing whatever you need to do for you to always know deep down inside in your core and your being and who you are that what you're doing is the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know, that sort of idea of did I follow my gut decision? Did I follow my voice? Did I follow my heart? Those are all the same sort of things working through you. You know, we just choose to give them different labels and different titles. So I think that's like step two is you really sitting down and putting yourself in that sort of still place in order for you to really just know and feel is that the right thing. You know, another big thing as well is, is, is writing. That's a great tool for us, you know, where we can do these mind maps, where we can start by putting in the middle 2017, for instance, and then from 2017 um, doing these branches saying, you know, what is something that I want from this year from prosperity or from family relationships, from love, all these different things. And then from there, you're building out this mind map, these different branches of things that you actually want for 2017. So you're not only envisioning it, but you're actually putting it down in a different modality, which is the visual modality, right? So that's really important for someone to be able to do as well. So that may be the third step. But then the fourth step is you actually doing once again, like you need to get out there. You need to be talking to people. You need to be, you know, um, asking individuals who may be in the positions that you would like to be in, individuals who are doing the things that you may want to be doing. And when I say that, you know, I, I fumbled with this a lot when I first started really working on connection, connections and, and, and building my network and my relationships is, you know, I went into relationships wanting stuff from everyone around me. The people that I look up to, the people that I use as mentors and muses, I just want stuff from them. And I, one of the biggest pieces of advice that it continues to stay with me very strongly today is go into relationships with adding value first on the brain. So whenever I go into a relationship, I'm always thinking, how can I serve this person first? How can I add value to this person first before I start thinking about what can I get back from them? And that's something that is very key and that I think that allows individuals, and it's definitely allowed me, you know, going back to my story, it allowed me to grow a beautiful tribe throughout the world of some of the most badass people on the planet, you know, in business and, and you know, and, and through many other um, respects of industries and work throughout the world. That's good. You know, va- providing value mm-hmm. to people or to individuals, you know, that's one of the things that I, I used to hate about networking. Mm-hmm. Most often than not, at networking events, we are out to find out who can help us instead of who can we help. Mm-hmm. And the more that you can provide value to others, the more you can provide help to others, the more valuable you really become um, to the point where you don't have to really 
network, quote unquote, because you are attracting the right people who need what you have or who you can provide a solution to. So that's great. Yeah. What inspired you to title your book, The Two Weeks Notice? No, it's interesting because the, the two week notice was written by myself and two other co-authors who are both okay. for quite a few years now. And originally we were going to name the book Shit I'm Learning <laughs> uh, because, you know, just to give a quick sort of introduction to what the book is about, we were getting tired of seeing, you know, success stories from people who were eons of steps ahead of us, like millions mm. of steps ahead of us, individuals who were making their millions of dollars and who were so far removed from the sort of daily hustle and grind that it just wasn't really inspiring and motivating people in our sort of um, demographic enough in order for them to be able to do the same thing. So what we wanted to do is write a book that was more from the perspective of those currently in the hustle. So that was what we were originally going to name the book, Shit I'm Learning, because it was like, you know, I'm learning this stuff right now and it's working for me and hopefully it can work for you, going back to what we were talking about earlier. Uh, but, you know, after that, we said, okay, we want to focus on what is our target audience? Who do we actually want to be able to connect with and reach and reach with the name of our book and with the overall topics and themes and, and stories throughout our book? And it's for individuals who may be thinking that they want to do something differently other than corporate America. But then taking a step further, further, those individuals who are choosing to actually take the action. So the two-week notice, you know, is very synonymous with the two-week sort of resignation letter hey, hey, I'm gone, I'm by, I'm out, you know, adios, all that sort of stuff. So that's where the inspiration for the actual name of the book, the final name of the book came from. Wow, the two-week, two weeks notice. That's, <laughs> it's a great title, really, you know, and many people I come in contact with, they are ready to put in that notice. They are ready to take that leap. And I'm not one who advises folks just to, to quit their job, but you know, at some point in time, if you really want greater fulfillment and you know that where you are is just not that place, then you have to come up with a strategy. You got to come up with how will you get to that place that you really want to be in life? And so what would you advise that individual who wants to put in their two-week notice, but yet they know they haven't really planned or they don't really have a strategy on, okay, after those two weeks, if I put it in, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's pretty simple, the answer I have, which is don't do it. Mm. And the reason I say don't do it is because it's not worth just going off on your own if you don't have a plan. Right. And that's everything. You know, generally, we can go out and we cannot have a map and we can still find a way. But it's much more effective for us to have a map in order for us to at least know the, the, the monuments and the different milestones before we want to get to our actual destination. And one of the biggest things that I wish I would have done when I first left my job was had a very clear-cut plan month by month, even week by week of these are the milestones that I want to be hitting, the targets that I want to be hitting every single week, every single month for me to set up the business that I imagined and envisioned for myself. Mm -hmm. I didn't do that. And it took me so much longer, you know, battling through fears, battling through upper limits, battling through so much more that I don't think I would have had as much if I would have done just the proper sort of housekeeping and the caretaking of doing the planning before I actually left my job. And for individuals who are in the same position that I once was, I was once in, my biggest recommendation would be stay in your job with where you have secure income or you know, what we consider to be secure income and start knocking out that, that side hustle and building and working towards it. 
Um, you know, you don't need to be an entrepreneur to be successful. You don't need to be an entrepreneur to have a side business. You don't need to be an entrepreneur to be a business owner. You just don't need to be to do it. You know, it all comes down to choice. Choice. As we've said yeah. once again, you know, we've been talking about this the entire time. But for other individuals who may be a few steps ahead and they actually have been working towards, um, you know, setting up that business and they actually have been working and setting up the business and actually in the business for quite some time on the side sort of structure, you know, I think some of the biggest steps that they can take is starting to look for partners, promotional partners, mm -hmm. connecting with influencers for them to expand their reach, you know, making sure that they hone down their positioning and their messaging, connecting with their target audience even more. Right. Um, and also going back to the additive and reductive method, figuring out, you know, how can I just hone my message even more? How do I hone my product even more so I can serve even deeper to my target audience or my target, my target client? Right, right. Why is it important to truly hone in on that particular piece? You know, that to me, and even from all the coaches and speakers that I've studied, is the number one thing, and that is who is the target audience? Who is it that's sitting in the seat? Who is the person that you are serving? I know I listen to, or I'm a part of Park Podcasters Paradise with John Lee Dumas. Mm -hmm. And he says, you know, you really want to hone in on that one person. Yeah. The characteristics of that one person, the, the thoughts of that one person, you know, what do they do on a daily basis? What is it that they don't like about what they're currently doing? Where is it that they truly want to go? And then how does your solution help them make the transformation? Very much so. And, and you know, just to give people a clear sort of illustrative example, my one person, his name is Robbie. Like I have a name for him. Like okay. down the And um, it's so important for you to be able to find your target audience and more specifically your target person because you want to be able to sell and share and give directly to that type of person, directly to that avatar. Because one of the biggest things, and Seth Godin says is actually that, you know, people don't buy your products, they buy who you are. Mm. And what is the best way to connect with someone is for you to be a human being as well. So a human being connected to human being, and therefore there's some sort of transaction, whether that's energetic transaction or actual transaction for me to buy and purchase something from you. And that's why it's so important for you to be able to um, focus on writing to your target client, writing to your target audience, because it's not just products that I'm giving you, but I'm sharing my stories. You know, I'm transmuting who I am to you and you're doing the same thing back and forth. And the more that you transmute yourself and, and who you are and your feedback, more importantly to me, the better I get with, you know, honing in even more with my message, with my product, so I can serve you even more. So it's just energetic exchange back and forth the entire time. Wow, that's good. And that's great insight for those who are considering, you know, being an entrepreneur or someone like me being a parallelpreneur. I'm I'm in ministry full time as well as doing this entrepreneurship experience. Um, and one of the reasons why I do both is because I knew that both were my passion, but I also knew that I needed to have a consistent flow, a stream of income. <laughs> coming in as I am building. And the reason being was this, was that I wanted to really ensure that I had multiple streams. Mm -hmm. Because in having the multiple streams, when I may not have been getting speaking engagements or when I may have low months of coaching clients, I still had this consistent flow. But one of the things that I did after I got laid off my job in 20. 
14 was that I had a clear idea of what I needed if I were going to have another quote unquote job. I had clear defined parameters. I wanted to still be able to control my time. I still wanted to be location uh, uh, independent. I still wanted to have all of the quote unquote attributes Mm-hmm. to some degree of a full-time entrepreneur. And I just needed to seek out those opportunities. And it just so happened that I was able to find that uh, within ministry and at the current church that I'm at. And it works well together with what I'm doing. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. So there's one more little piece that I want to talk about as it pertains to your experience. And that is all the traveling that you do and <laughs> how you find ways to be able to fund that traveling and to fund some of your social uh, impact that you're making in the world, because I'm sure there are plenty of people who would love to do that too. But the first thing they're going to say is how. Yeah, exactly. How do you do it? How do you do it? How do you do it? Yeah. And it's a question I get so much, you know, but I'll start with my most current um, thing that I'm doing, my, my venture, which I'm going to be traveling to Costa Rica in a few weeks to go build homes for underprivileged families there. Um, and one of my biggest reasons I won't do that is because I actually did a lot of community service growing up. It was integral to who I was. You know, I was always giving back to my community and outside of my community as well. Um, to the point I actually got a medal of honor when I was in high school. So I, I did a lot of work around community service. And, you know, but one of the things in the last like few years is me getting so caught up on my business, so caught up in the go, 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 go and hustle. I've been forgetting some of the most important things that have led me to who I am today, you know, who I've created the man I am today. And, and a big part of that is me always having, having my hand in the pot of giving back, paying it for it, you know, always helping individuals. And that's something that I want to do a lot more this year. And it's a theme that I came up this year as well, is being able to uh, pay it forward with my own two hands. So me going and helping with these two hands, you know, not just donating money, although that's good as, as well, but I wanted to do it physically. And um, one thing that I, I, I kind of prided myself on growing up as well, that I always could do stuff on my own. And, you know, with this fun thing that I'm doing right now for Costa Rica, I decided to do a fundraiser where I said, you know, I'm tired of needing or thinking that I need to do stuff on my own. You know, and this is when I started to reach out to my own tribe, whether that was family, friends, you know, through my Facebook sphere, everywhere and said, hey, you know, I don't need to do this on my own. And in fact, I want to take you there vicariously with me, but also would love your support and your donations if, if you, excuse me, if you would like to do that. So this is my first time being able to do that. So, you know, leaning on our tribe, leaning on our family and our friends is a big part of how we can travel as well. So I, I, made, I wanted to make sure that I started with that piece. Um, but I've been blessed, man. Um, after... You know, when I was growing up on the south side of Chicago, I, I didn't even dream of going outside of, of the south side of Chicago. But I, I, I fortunately had a very, very powerful and beautiful family, sort of immediate family unit that just supported me in so many ways when it comes to love. We didn't have any money growing up, of course. Um, but one thing we did, we had a lot of love and support in our family. And, you know, there was a lot of things when I was younger that kind of forced me to always look uh, for resources, for me to always be resourceful. You know, I had a lot of friends, a lot of people in my family who passed away. My mom had cancer when I was 13. So I had a lot of stuff that was going to keep me away from moving forward if I had not chosen to 
keep, you know, be resourceful and find ways to keep moving forward. So once again, it's coming back down to that choice. Um, and I remember, I think I was about 13 or 14 years old and I was in a program that paid about half of my tuition to go to a private high school in Chicago. And in that program, there was some sort of summer program where we would, some students in our program were able to go to China, I think for six weeks to go study math. Wow. And I, in my mind, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to China. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go meet new people. I'm going to do all this. And I remember one of my program directors at that time saying, no, you're immature. You ain't going nowhere. So you can forget all about that. And for me, that was probably one of the biggest eye openers that I ever had when it came to opportunity. And, you know, if I continue to make dumb decisions, then I wouldn't be able to get as many opportunities as I possibly would have liked. So, you know, opportunities started to present themselves more and more, mostly in high school, mm -hmm. when I, you know, and even in college when I had opportunities originally for me to go study abroad. And, you know, I, I was able to get quite a few scholarships in high school and quite a few scholarships in college. And those scholarships carried over in a way that I was able to go traveling with them as well. And before the age of, let's see, before the age of 20, one, 22, I had already lived in Italy. I lived in Barcelona. I lived in the Dominican Republic. Yeah. Wow. And around 23, I went to go live in Hong Kong for a little while as well. And then from there, I just kept going because I had that, that, that travel bug bit me. You know, the travel bug bites you and you just want to keep going and going and going. But I think it goes back to your question. How do you actually pay for it? So I paid for it through school. That was one way. I, as I said earlier, me going to Costa Rica in a few weeks, I'm paying for it because I'm leaning on my own tribe. But the all the throughout the other sort of parts I paid for it because I worked for it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and it comes down to it, you know, every single day I'm either working towards saving up money or I'm working towards a goal, you know, and both of those are very synonymous with, with, with each other, but it just so happens that I've chosen a lifestyle over the last few years or so where I've chosen to work, play and travel all together. Work, play and travel all together. Yeah. So with me traveling, I work and I play at all the same time. And it, of course, it's not the easiest thing, especially if, if a person is first starting out. But for instance, I'll give you my sort of typical schedule if I'm going to a new place. If I'm going to, a, let's say, Bali or Ubud, what Ubud is in Bali, but if I'm going to Bali for a little while, let's say six weeks or so, because that's one thing. I don't think it's a cool thing for me to just go and spend one week or two weeks in one location because then I'm focusing too much on the play and not, en not enough on the, on the, the work. Mm -hmm. So I like to find that balance. Um, but let's say that I am going to Bali and what I do is I work from nine o'clock in the morning, nine o'clock in the morning till about one o'clock in the afternoon or two, two o'clock in, in the afternoon. And then I allow myself the other, you know, hours of the day for me to go out and enjoy and sightsee and see and photo take and, you know, Instagram and do all this other stuff. But it's about that balance that I've been able to cultivate for myself. And even with finding the balance, it's just that a teeter-totter every single day, figuring out how can I create even more of an elegant balance within my life. And, you know, I'm in Miami right now. And in the last year alone, I've probably traveled and lived in more countries than a lot of people have in many, many years. But on the other side, it's not the easiest thing because, you know, you're always in this constant sort of, um, complexity of what do I do now? How do I plan for this? You know, what money do I need to save up here? And all this sort of stuff. First world problems, really, you know, like the higher sort of problems that we get in life. Um, but later this year as well, for me to be able to focus and grow the business that I'm looking to grow and 
and, and build, I need to find a home. And it's just, this is the reality. So I'm going to be doing that later this year, moving back to LA. And then from there, I can still travel and I can build assets. But my biggest thing in life is my vocation. And I want to serve as many people as, my, as I possibly can. So I want to really focus on that again. And even more. Awesome, awesome, awesome story. And we appreciate you sharing. We're going to take a quick break and come back with Alex Eccles for our one word or one solution a part of the podcast and we will be right back with Alex Eccles. Are you a speaker, author, or coach who desires to build a personal brand of influence so you can attract more clients and increase your sales? Or perhaps you are a pastor or a minister who wants to expand your ministry beyond your local church. Or just maybe you are a career professional who has a desire to build a personal brand lifestyle business so that you can have more time to spend with family and friends and more time doing work that you love. Well, I've created a free membership program called the School of Purpose Membership Program. This membership website will house video tutorials and resources on personal branding, social media marketing, and basic business startup strategies so that you can do work that you love and have passion for. If you are interested in building a personal brand of influence that pays, then you want to join the School of Purpose membership website by going to www.schoolofpurpose.net. That's www.schoolofpurpose.net. Come on. Join the School of Purpose membership website and learn how to profit from your purpose. All right, we are back with Alex Eccles, and what a great first part of the podcast we had. And now we're going to go into your one thing. I like this part because we had we get some insight of you personally and and how you think and your thought process concerning resources and how you, you know, mm. product, productive and so on and so forth. And so the first question is, describe yourself in one word and why. <laughs> that came out of nowhere. Um, probably ongoing. And, and the reason I use the word ongoing is, you know, similar to like a phoenix. I don't think anything can break me down enough for me not to figure out how to get back up and continue moving forward. And I think that's one of the, that's been one of my biggest strengths and suits, you know, learning through unfortunate events through my past and all that, but, you know, I always find a way to keep moving forward. And going back to what I said about Walt Disney as being one of my biggest inspirations in life, that's one of his most famous quotes, you know. I think it's something along the lines of around here, we don't look back from, for very long. In mm-hmm. fact, we always keep moving forward, opening the doors, because that's where new things are meant to be found, or something along those lines. Um, but ongoing would definitely be my word. And are you saying ongoing or ongrowing? Ongoing. We can use ongrowing as well, but man, yeah. as long as that progression happens. Gotcha. Ongoing. What's one online resource, tool, website, app that's enhanced your productivity? Enhance my productivity. Kill Facebook feed, which is a Mozilla add-on where you can remove your timeline whenever you mm. go onto Facebook. And you know, I, I 
had it on for quite some time, a long time ago, and then I forgot about it and it's just been on. And then I turned it off again like two weeks ago and it's, what it's done is magical. Not only because of all this shit that's going on with politics and everyone expressing their opinions and everything, but because honestly, I just don't need to know what's on everybody's mind. You know, I need mm. to focus on what I need to get done so I can serve more people. Simple as that. And it's called Kill Facebook Feed? It's Kill Facebook Feed or Kill FB Feed. Okay. Awesome. awesome. Mozilla, I think it's only. And maybe Chrome as well. Gotcha. Yeah. What's one book you recommend every budding entrepreneur, aspiring entrepreneur should read before starting their business? I got to recommend my own there, man. And okay. It's perfect. Two-week notice. And the reason that I, I recommend this for individuals is because once again, it's from the it's from the perspective of people currently in the hustle, and it's from three different perspectives as well. So it's two guys' perspectives and one girl's perspective. So it's really a beautiful and delicate delicate balance between three different energies um, and our stories as well. But you know, throughout that book, we really outline the actual steps that we took from what we call awakening the dreamer when we first realized that we wanted to do something other than work in corporate America all the way to how do you take care of yourself, be an entrepreneur, mentally, spiritually, physically, how do you, you know, build the tribe that's going to help you continuously to upwork and, and grow and amplify your life, you know, to, to many other methods of, you know, how do you continue to just become a much more effective entrepreneur? So I got to say the two-week notice for sure. Nice. If you're currently reading a book, what book are you currently reading? The book is called Creating Money, semicolon, um, something abundance. And I kind of want to look it up, but I'll, I'll send it to you so you can just drop it below this video when okay. we share the podcast because it, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's a very sort of spiritual alignment sort of book, but it talks a lot about money and money as the energy, not so much as the paper that controls and kills so many of our lives. Awesome. If there was one leader or one entrepreneur you think everyone should follow, social media-wise or just follow media-wise, who would that be? There's so many. I don't know if I could just give one person because I think that there's so many different people who possess such great qualities. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's Gary V who possesses great qualities with, you know, the just get it done attitude. And, and he's done a bit of a pivot where he's not, he's very much about the hustle still, but he's still, he's more about the humanistic side of the hustle. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, that's one person. I think Lewis House does a great job with the way he builds his brand. Um, Gabrielle Bernstein with her spiritual uh, work that she does. I think she does a great job. Um, Daniel Laporte, I really look up to her. There's so many different individuals. So when we look at the individuals, everybody possesses different qualities. And the reason is because they are reaching out and they're focusing on their target audience. So, you know, when we look at the eight pillars of wellness, for instance, you have professionalism, you have um, environmentalism, you have uh, physical, you have mental, environmental, emotional. There's so many different pillars of, of uh, wellness and different entrepreneurs focus on different ones, whether we know it or not. They're all sitting inside some sort of nook or some sort of niche, as you hear in the business world all the time. And I think it's important for people to have avatars or to have users or mentors in each parts of those, each parts of those sort of uh, pillars. You know, when it comes to spirituality, for instance, I really look up to Abraham Hicks and Alan Watts. You know, they're like two of my favorite people to really listen into when it comes to how to all become more aligned 
each and every day. Good. Good stuff, man. I appreciate that. What is one piece of advice you would give someone right now seeking to create, launch, or grow their idea? Um, first, go to whoever you believe your target audience is and ask them what they want. <laughs> and ask them if they have a problem and then you find the solution to that. That's, that's the definition of an entrepreneur. Wow. And if you want to be able to create a product that is going to sell, not just sit on the shelf or not just sit on your on, online in your, in your domain or just sit on your hard drive, then you want to be able to go to someone and ask them, what do you want that's going to solve a problem or solve some sort of issue or add to your life and then I figure out the best way to give it to them. Cool. What is your favorite aspect of being an entrepreneur? The, the, for me, the permission to continuously to be able to continuously mess up. Hmm. That's good. The permission to be able to continuously mess up. Yeah. I like that. And last but not least, how do you balance if there's such a thing, your entrepreneurial lifestyle? Well, I think it's more about integration than balance when it comes to all of it working together. Because if we were to go back to those eight pillars of wellness or, you know, whatever word we want to give to them, they kind of need to be set up in a will. Some of them are always going to be out of whack. So I don't think all of them are always going to be in balance. But as long as we can keep them together, cohesive in one unit, I think that's more important. And the way I do that is, I, you know, I start with a morning routine every single morning. I meditate. I sit in stillness. I give things to talk about things that I'm grateful for with myself. I read every day. You know, I'm studying some sort of thing every day. But I'm also going to work every day as well and getting stuff done. But mm-hmm. in addition to that, I'm talking to the people that I love in my life. You know, my mom, my dad, my sister, my girlfriend, you know, all these different individuals. Um, but I'm also taking the time for myself as well to write to do something creative, to do things. And then in addition to that, I'm also paying it for it. And I may not be doing this every single day, but this is who I am that allows me continuously to be as in alignment, as integrated with myself as I possibly can be. It's interesting that you mentioned your family and your mom and your dad. What do they currently think about your lifestyle and and the decision that you've made to pursue your purpose and passion? Yeah, well, you, you can see this tattoo on my arm right there, and it's a bird. And the reason I have it is because when I was growing up, my mom had a nickname for me, which was Mama's Little Birdie. And, you know, they always knew that I was going to go out and just one day leave the nest and never come back and do something bold and daring, whatever that may look like. Right. And so now they're very, they've always been very supportive. They've always been on the sidelines rooting me on. And they are very proud of me. But, you know, at the, at the end of the day as well, they're my parents, they're my sister. And they are always hoping for my well-being the most and my safety and my security. So they want to make sure that I am taking care of myself mentally, physically, and emotionally, spiritually as well. Um, so what they are hoping for more than anything is that I'm always enjoying my life. And I'm living a good life. That I'm being a good man. That I'm being a good person. Um, and that I'm doing exactly what I always dreamed of doing. Cool, cool. Well, Alex, this has been a great podcast. I mean, great value, great content. I know this is going to be one of the top ones for the School of Purpose podcast. Just a couple of more things before we close out. You know, let us know what you're doing in your business right now and what you're really excited about as far as what's coming up. 
Well, currently, you know, I follow this uh, method called till plant harvest, till plant fertilized harvest. Mm -hmm. And I'm currently in the tilling and the planting phase where I'm doing and working on projects and working towards my launches that will be coming on later this year. Okay. One of the biggest things that we'll be working on is a summit that's focused on self-love uh, later this year. And I'll be bringing on some of the, you know, the top thought leaders and practitioners to talk about that topic, because I think that is something that not only entrepreneurs are not, you know, tapped into enough, but a lot of individuals in life are not tapped into enough. And you know, I figured it hasn't been done yet. So why the hell, why the hell shouldn't it be me to get it done? And I look forward to being a host and a curator for that uh, later this year. So I'm very excited about that. Um, but besides that, I'm just, I'm, I'm planning, I'm working, I'm doing the stuff I need to do. And in a few weeks, as I said, I'm going to Costa Rica to build some homes. I want to really give back as much as I possibly can this year. Good. Where can we find you online via website, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram? You can find me on my website, which I'm sure you may put below as well, which is www.alexeccles.com. Mm -hmm. And the two biggest social platforms that I'm on is Instagram and Facebook, where you can find me as well. Awesome. Awesome. So as we close out, give us one last parting piece of advice to those who are listening. Anything that, you know, may be inspiring that you want to say or just you know, something that will help them to begin to change their own personal trajectory on what it is that they truly want to do. For sure. Well, you know, for me, even though I'm a business person, I'm an entrepreneur, I don't always think it's important to start with that methodology first. I think the most important thing is supposed to start with self-care and self-love first. Mm. And so for everyone who's listening right now, my biggest piece of advice would be is that I hope you find love um, the self-love enough for you to be able to find that courage for you to actually start taking the steps towards your biggest dreams, towards your aspirations, towards your goals. Because it's really in that sort of being in that position where we're able to not only serve other people, but we're really able to meet that really fulfilling sort of feeling within. And, you know, what other way is there to live life but to live it completely? So you know, that's my parting words. And if I could share one last thing, I'm not sure if you're going to ask this or not. Sure, but, go ahead. I like to give people who are listening a free gift where I'm going to give you the link via Marquise and I'll give you the link directly, but you know, it's for an ebook and a report that I updated last year and it's called the only way to sell. And mm -hmm. the reason that I talk about the only way to sell is because I think that a lot of us within, um, in entrepreneurship and business ownership is we think that we're selling to robots or we're selling to people who don't have souls. Whereas I would like to look at it as we're selling from human to human. Always remember that. You're selling the story, you're not selling the product. But there's one specific thing that I changed within my sales technique that was able to really 10X my sales and my revenue that started coming in. And I don't want to tell you exactly what it is because I do want you to go and get this free uh, downloadable gift, but it's so important. And I think if individuals, individuals would start to integrate this into their sales technique as well, it would change their life for sure. Awesome. 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 Well, Alex, man, I really appreciate you joining me today. All of those links will be provided to you via uh, in the comment section below the video, or I will provide those in the show notes at markeithbrayton.com once these notes and the podcast is posted on my website. So once again, thank you, man. I appreciate you. And I know that there's so much more success ahead of you. Really appreciate that. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in today as well. Thanks, Marquis. Awesome. Wow. What a very intriguing episode and intriguing 
person Alex Eccles is. I really liked a lot of what he had to say, but didn't you really like the title of his book, The Two Weeks Notice? (laughs) How many of you ever thought about putting in your two weeks notice? But of course, Alex advised us that we needed to not just quit our job, but make sure that we have a plan in place before we make that transition. There was one other thing that really stood out to me during the interview, and that was when I asked Alex what his one word was that described him. And he said, on going, and I thought he said, on growing. But they both really meant the same to him. And he said, what that one word meant to him was, I don't think anything can break me down that can keep me from getting up again and figuring out a new path. You know, in all this past week, I have been considering and thinking about this whole idea of giving up. And believe me, it has crossed my mind many times as I am pursuing this entrepreneurial endeavor. But giving up truly is an option, but I get to choose whether or not I give up or not. And that is what's important, is what will you choose even in the midst of the challenges? What will you choose even in the midst of circumstances that seem as though they're insurmountable? You can choose to press forward, to move forward, and to know that you will get to your prize. You will get to your end if you stay the course. Alex, thank you so much for joining us and being a part of the School of Purpose podcast. I know that somebody was truly blessed and somebody really received some great advice that they needed to take another step and to get back up and try again. Once again, I thank you for joining me and listening to this week's podcast. You know, why don't you go on over to iTunes, if you haven't already, and subscribe to this podcast and leave us a rating and a review for this episode. I'm always encouraging you to go to iTunes and leave us a rating and review because it really helps us in iTunes. I'm so thankful for you. I'm so honored that you listen to the School of Purpose podcast each and every week. And I don't take it for granted that you take time out to listen. Have a great rest of your week. Whenever you are listening to this podcast, know this. Always shoot for the top because it is the bottom that's overcrowded. God bless you.